common sense. It's not so common anymore. That's why we need Scott Inez more than ever. It's time for Inez Says. Hello and welcome back to the Inez Says Podcast. I'm Scott Inez. Appreciate you being here today. You can find the podcast all over the place, including that WBBO app right there on the front page. It's there in Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. You can check me out on the radio every single weekday morning. Orlando's Morning News, 5 to 9 a.m. on WDBO 107.3 FM and AM 580 in Orlando, outside of Central Florida. Make sure you stream us there in the WDBO app. Well, congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. They are champions of Super Bowl 57. The Chiefs defeating the Philadelphia Eagles as we're taping last night. 38-35 is the final score of that game. Now, my Super 7 hot takes from Super Bowl 57. Here you go. First off, it was billed as a showdown of the NFL's top teams, and that's exactly what it was. It did not disappoint. And for those of us wanting to see a close game, it was about as close as it gets. Could have gone either way, yet in the end, the Chiefs win on that last second. Harrison Butker, 27-yard field goal with eight ticks to go. It is every field goal kicker's dream, a chippy Butker. Remember, doinked a 42-yarder earlier in the game, but came through in the clutch for the Chiefs. Winners of two of the last four Super Bowls, Kansas City Chiefs, are the victors. Number two, Eagle fans. Yes, okay? You absolutely absolutely have a beef with that defensive holding call late in the game. If that questionable holding penalty is not called, the Chiefs face a more difficult field goal attempt and the Eagles would get the ball back with a lot more time on the clock. Now I read that even the Eagle cornerback James Bradbury, who was guilty of the offense, said after the game that, yeah, he was holding. Now far be it from me that I disagree with the guy who's admitting wrongdoing here, but to me, that's normal every game hand-to-hand combat in the NFL. You see that every day. And for the referees to take matters into their own hands late in a tied Super Bowl game, that to me is despicable. Let the players decide the outcome of the game. Let the players play. Now, by the same token, by the same token here, that does not excuse the Eagle defense getting ripped to shreds by Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense in the second half. Does not excuse that in the least. And maybe, just maybe, if the Eagle defense showed up in the second half, that play doesn't happen. And the Eagles win going away. And oh, by the way, that certainly does not excuse outraged Eagle fans taking to the streets in Philadelphia after the game last night. Some morons, as usual, were climbing traffic poles and making jerks of themselves. Nonetheless, it wasn't as widespread as first thought, so I think that's a good thing. All right, number three, Patrick Mahomes. What a gamer. What a gamer. Not only is he the most talented quarterback in the world, he also has the heart of a lion. He re-injured that high ankle sprain on a tackle near the end of the first half, was in agony, could barely get off the field, goes over to the sideline. He's sitting on the bench. And at one point, he had to put his head down on an assistant coach sitting next to him. That's how much pain he was in after that tackle. The Chiefs were down 10 at that point. You thought, okay, the Eagles are in total control of this football game. And yet, different dude showed up. Totally different dude showed up in the second half. He flipped the script on the Eagles. 
Mahomes would lead Kansas City to three consecutive scores to surge ahead in the game. And folks, if you've ever had a high ankle sprain, you know, it's not a whole lot of fun. It's extremely painful and it doesn't take much to flare it up. So what I want to know is what kind of elixir did the Chiefs give Mahomes in the locker room at halftime? Hmm. Inquiring minds want to know. We'll probably never know the answer to that question, but Patrick Mahomes is the MVP of the regular season and the MVP of the Super Bowl for good reason. It is well-deserved. All right, number four, the commercials. I thought they were really good because in past years, you come away thinking, okay, I, I just, I wasn't impressed. I wasn't entertained by the commercials, but I thought all in all, they were very entertaining on Sunday night. I love the Breaking Bad spot. Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul reunited. They come up with the Popcorners chip. That was good stuff. I thought the Ben Affleck Dunkin' Donuts spot, I thought that was really good, too, where Affleck is surprising people at a Massachusetts Dunkin' as a worker in the drive through and then J-Lo makes a cameo appearance. I thought that was good. I thought the Blue Moon ad, sort of under the radar, but the Blue Moon ad where it doesn't even mention Blue Moon beer until the very end. It's a squabble between a fan of Miller Light and Coors Light when at the end they mentioned Blue Moon, and that one kind of kept you guessing. And the Will Ferrell ad, the Will Ferrell ad for General Motors, traveling through different movies and programs like Stranger Things and Squid Game and Bridgerton. I thought that was really good. Of course, whenever I see Will Ferrell, I start laughing. So he's, he's one of those types of characters. But all in all, I thought the commercials were really good on Super Sunday night. The halftime show, number five. Uh, first thing I said to my wife after watching Rihanna for about, oh, 20 seconds was, is she pregnant? Come to find out, yes, she is pregnant. Now, how she hid her pregnancy with all the pre-Super Bowl interviews and all the news conferences out there in Arizona, as she did, is anybody's guess. Twitter, of course, was rampant with speculation during the halftime show, and it turns out that after 20 minutes or so after the show was over with, they announced on Twitter that Rihanna was prego. Show lasted about 13 minutes in all. She sang all of her hit songs. I thought it was decent. I could have used less crotch grabs, as seems to be the custom for Super Bowl halftime show these days. But look, I mean, the woman hasn't been on stage for, what, seven years? I think she did a decent job. And number six, let's go back to the game itself. I think the NFL needs to go back to the drawing board when it comes to the turf that we saw last night at State Farm Stadium. Guys were slipping and sliding on that grass all night long. Now, apparently the grass was grown at a local sod farm out there in Arizona. I think they need to go to a new sod farm next time they go to Arizona. Fox sideline reporter Tom Rinaldi reported that a half dozen eagles had changed their cleats at halftime. And this grass apparently is like a, a new breed of turf. It's called Tahoma 31. And quite frankly, it was a pregame issue, a warm-up issue for both teams. I don't know how this could happen. I mean, you, you have the biggest game on the biggest stage, 100 million people watching, and you have guys slipping and sliding all over the place cannot happen cannot happen nfl and last but not least how about chris stapleton's rendition of the national anthem now he put his own signature on it and typically i'm a little unnerved when entertainers put their stamp on the national anthem but this dude pulled it off in a big big way and i think after whitney houston in 91 this was the best super bowl rendition of the star spangled banner ever I've got to play it for you in its entirety. Here's Stapleton and his Star Spangled Banner. Oh, 
Bless America. I thought it was a terrific rendition of the national anthem. Way to go, Chris Stapleton. That's going to do it for the Inez Says Podcast today. Appreciate you being here. Join me on the radio every single weekday morning with Orlando's Morning News, 5 to 9 a.m. on WDBO 107.3 FM and AM 580. I'll see you next time.